nothing about this record that you, on paper, you should dislike. It's hitting a lot of key Michael sort of zones. You told me to listen to Clutching at Straws last year, and I did. And to be honest, I thought it was fine. It was like, there's a couple of songs on there I really like. Like I said to you before, Sugar Mice. Cheesy as it is. There's something really just like, Sugar Mice and No Rain. Uh, but yeah, it's just I was always so put off by what was seemingly the pretensions of prog rock in the eighties. Yeah, and we'll go into it, but I ju- I just cannot sanction that album title or cover. Um, <laughs> but god damn it, I just yeah, I I know at the end of the last episode I went oh I'm really for fuck's sake, but damn it, Adam, I've really enjoyed this last week getting into this album. <laughs> That's the point of the party, Michael. It is. So what happened last time with Gigi Allen? That was, no, we don't want that. Um, I moved to have Gigi Allen officially (laughs) stricken from the record. We shall never speak of him again until I find a band like The Mentors or someone like that who's as equally as aggressive. Or what's the other band? Anal Cunt? Aggressive is fine. Inept is another thing. True, true. So, 1983, I think, script for a jester's tear has been met with a resounding thumbs up. Yes, absolutely. Let's get this party started proper, then. I mean, do you want me to do it like you do? Welcome. Yeah, go on. That's what you're doing, it. Yeah. Welcome this week to the party. Um, hello. You join us this week uh, for my week. I'm excited to announce that we're going to be discussing Script for a Jester's Tear, an album that I've been sniffy about in the past, possibly because Marillion, and I will say this now, unfairly have a reputation for being deeply naff. And I suspect that's what my friend here believed. However, I believe he's had a sort of change of heart. Let's listen in. Mike. Hello. Yes, well, at the top of this episode, I did make uh, allusions to how, over the course of the last week, um, I quite enjoyed this album. And I, too, Adam, have been sniffy about Meridian over the years, to the point of, on our other podcast endeavour, which is Breaking Glass with David Bowie catalogue, we had a whole... Oh, a whole ramble, really, about when we found out that Marillion, uh, in their current guise, were performing at the unveiling of the David Bowie statue well, in Aylesbury. It, it wasn't their current guise. It was their current guise, but the, the big news was that they had Fish back for a a special. So he left the band after, like, four albums. Mm. And their new singer, Steve Hogarth, graciously stepped aside so he could do Market Square Heroes because it's the the titular Market Square. Yes. Pushing through the Market Square, that one. Pushing through the Market Square. The Market yes. Square, where there yes. are also Market Square Heroes. See, now I know a bit more of the uh, the Pantheon of the Marillion. It, it all ties in together quite nicely. However, at the time, we were kind of sniffy about Marillion and Mr. Fish. Oh, deeply sniffy. Yeah, it was a complete sniff fest. However, this week, Mike sent me two messages. The first one said, so, comma, Marillion. Next message, fuck you. (laughs) Which is when I knew that Mike might be having a change of heart. 
Yeah, yeah, I just, I didn't, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting to go from Gigi Allen and just hating life to then you say Meridian and it's like, oh, piss off, just fucking Meridian. But yeah, no, I I have spent the last week really enjoying this album. That's because it's so good. Silly as the title is and as silly as the music is. Let's be fair, it is silly music, some of it. However, some of it isn't as silly as I was expecting. No, um, and I think... This is my favourite Marillion record. Right. Now, See, I, I've only done I, two so far. When I say Marillion, I just mean the fish he is. Because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to service to latter days Marillion because I was so badly wrong about early Marillion. <laughs> but I haven't listened to any of it, so I can't comment on it. Fish era Marillion... I really like this is my favourite. And in hindsight, this is probably the one I should have played you to to begin with. Mm. I went with Clutching at Straws because it was uh, boozier and very synth heavy. And you like booze and synths and boozy synths most of all. Boozy synths. I like a boozy synth. Boozy synth. But yeah, I probably should have gone with this one because it's... It, well, it's less... There's, there's still a lot of synth business, but it's less yeah. synthy. I would say on this one, the synth, in comparison to Clutching at Straws, uh, Clutching at Straws has much more stadium 80s synth. Yes, it does. This one is much more, still we're uh, playing around the Mellotron in the 70s style synth. Yeah, we are, even though we're in the 80s. And, even though, and it still sound, the, the sounds... The first of it. classic prog was 10 years ago by this point. Yeah. But Which is, you know, the unsung hero for this... For this record is is I say unsung. The hero of the record is the guitar. Yeah, absolutely. Is it Steve Rovery? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I wasn't prepared for how. Um... And can I just say one of the things I like about Steve Rothery is he appears to have well, assuming it's still Steve Rothery, and I would have to check, but current contemporary Marillion is he's just a fat guy now. And it's. <laughs> It's very nice to see somebody that has enjoyed their middle age and isn't going, oh, I'm still I'm on stage, still a rock star, I best just only eat bananas and so on. No, no, he's gone, well, I'm going to have a full roast and then <laughs> I'll play the solo to Fugazi. That's, that's an album, not a song. Anyway. Yeah, you expect me to keep this physique on the road 24-7 when we keep getting all these full English breakfasts? <laughs> yeah, and they're all, all part of their podiums. Yeah, it's a, I think it's such an enjoyable album. And you mentioned uh, some misgivings about the title and the, the artwork. I mean, yeah. Um, it's just, just call it what it looks a, and sounds quite lame. And uh, a script for a jester's tour. Yes, okay. It's now. not exactly like Joy Division punch you in the face. No, no, it isn't. Now, it. Part of what you say is true, and mm. I was thinking about this earlier, and the jester is a repeated image for them. Yes. Um, a, uh, and a becomes like... mascot, if you will. Yeah, it becomes like their Eddie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my problem with it is, unlike, say, a zombie that they put in a, a variety of guises... And this, jobs. And jobs. This jester is perhaps... Part of the reason why they're considered to be so lame. 
See, that was my thinking because and you... I think the script for just as tear <laughs> because it does sound like it should make that noise. <laughs> oh, cross not the line. <laughs> I mean, pretty the... burly stranger. <laughs> the, the album cover is literally a man dressed as a jester, seemingly I... weeping over a violin. Call, call it what it is: a man dressed as a jester or a jester. <laughs> <laughs> See. The way he comes across, he, spade, Mike. I mean, to me, he doesn't. He doesn't scream actual jester. He hasn't got his. Um, he hasn't got his union card yet. But he's wearing the motley. <laughs> he's wearing it because he's a failed jester. There's Is that why where... he's also attempting his second career as a, a violinist? Yes, or violin maker. <laughs> Admittedly, it is unclear. But there's only one violin, and it's come out of a case, and he appears to be playing it. Thus, I'm saying he's a violin player, not a violin craftsman. Perhaps it's been sent back by an unhappy customer, <laughs> hence for tears. <laughs> oh, another dissatisfied customer. See, what you don't, if you actually look on the back uh, of the, um, the vinyl art room full of violins, all yeah, been yeah. marked with a big X. In various Boy. states of repair. Mm. Um, yeah, you've got a point, but and I remember when I was younger, so we're talking probably seventeen, and I'd gone into Birmingham, the big city, Ooh. on my own. I was in and I was in one of Birmingham's record shops, and I at the time was attempting to buy all of Frank Zappa's output because I thought that that would make me interesting, and probably girls would like me. Neither of those things turned out to be true. I liked you. You did, but you didn't actually know me for another two years. Uh. <laughs> um, but I saw Script for a Justice Tear for like a quid, and I burst out laughing when I saw the cover because it seemed so shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Script for a Justice Tear. And I saw the name Marillion, which sounds too much like Marion. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought this is this Why must don't be the, you carry them well, do, this do, must be the worst sounding piece of crap ever. I you know, I later thought, oh, I wish I'd really bought that. I, I mean now I'd happily get on vinyl. Oh I've got it. It's it, it's a peach. It's a mm. thing I really enjoy. But I ah oh, man, I I would have hated it then. I would have hated it. Yeah. I don't hate it now. I think it's great. Are we just getting older, Adam? No. Getting older. <laughs> no, it's the children that are wrong. <laughs> so, out of interest, and we're just talking the, what is it, seven-track original, none of the bonus songs that came in 97. Mm. Out of interest, was your favourite... I'm going to say it was The Web. I really like The Web. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's probably Chelsea Mondays. Ah, I, you know, I put money on it being one of the two that I still really like, but I'm not as attached to as every other <laughs> song on there. Because I but, thought, much like with Rush, it's bigger, it's slower. <laughs> there's, yeah. I mean, there's often like a big... And then some really, really eighties guitar in it. Oh, I love the eighties guitar, but the actual the, the 
Because you took my the parameters down there, my favourite track is actually one of the additional tracks on the 1997 yeah. edition, which is Charting the Single, which I believe was the B-side to He Knows You Know. He is, yeah. Um, again, just because of the riff and the halfway through the song, there's just suddenly a massive organ in it. Yeah. His yeah. voice is just keeps like going... Oh, like, this song got really big really fast. Out of interest, did you listen to Grendel? I have listened to Grendel, yes. In its entirety. A couple of times, yes. It's very long, isn't it? Very long, yes. <laughs> because see why it wasn't included on the album. Someone did have to say, come on, lad, you're, re- you're really not fucking Genesis. No, but like they sort of were as well. Uh, when I you, could... there, is, there is, I think, weight to the whole... Like I said last week, this, this is what Genesis would have sounded like in the 80s if Peter Gabriel had stayed. Okay. It's also, I suppose you'd have to add the caveat, if Peter Gabriel had continued writing the same sort of material he wrote when he was a very young man and yeah. hadn't developed as an artist. I mean, so I would, if, yeah. if Gabriel had stagnated, but Genesis had changed, Basically, that's what they would have sounded like. If Genesis had just begun in the 80s, is essentially what it is. Because, yeah, yeah. You got, you've got... A lot of the, the, yeah, like you say, lyrically, there's a lot on here that sounds like Foxtrot or Fox um, uh, Nursery Crime. That very, like, flowery, psychedelic side mm. of Peter Gabriel. And yeah, and it, yeah, you win no prizes for saying Fish sounds like Peter Gabriel. But I definitely, I, again, I messaged you saying, yeah, I'm hearing Peter Gabriel, definitely, but also some Bruce Dickinson in here. Yeah. The thing is, I hadn't ever considered that, and I think you're absolutely spot on. The beautiful fusion of Gabriel and Dickinson melded together for four albums worth of... And he uses his voice very, very strangely. He does. But you can tell that he was obsessed, obsessed with Genesis. Oh, yeah. He likes likes a lot of the others as well. He he famously liked Camel a lot, but... He he spent his formative years singing along to Gabriel with headphones on because that's what that's what that sounds like. Oh yeah, it's it sounds like someone who has spent his life trying to sound like Peter Gabriel. It is, but I just love the way he spits certain lines like "forgotten sons," <laughs> and that's when he sounds like Bruce Dickinson. Forgotten yes. sons. Forgotten. All coming out the frame of his hulking nine foot man. Yeah, he was absolute. Have you watched any footage of them? Yes, he doesn't come across he's a, classic. He's a striking he's a, fellow, isn't he? He's an ungainly thing. He's sort of built like me, but um, but with face paint on. And even though he's balding on top, he's left his hair to grow long, which is never a striking look. Never, yeah. But there's some lovely footage of him. He's just got this enormous beer gut whilst still trying to look like presumably like Bowie or Gabriel, but in the body of a heavy-drinking docker. You cannot look like an aesthete, like an artist, if you're also clearly drinking a lot of lager. That's not the drink for you if you are the skinny front man. Yeah, the footage I've seen, he's like in the the, the um, jester trousers, then just with a wife beater, Brilliant. white vest on. Brilliant. And as you say... You know, Guinness belly popping out. <laughs> wow, well, they they were different in the eighties. <laughs> he, he just, but he performs with such confidence that he absolutely sort of pulls it off. Even though he looks, you also really wouldn't want to cross him. Oh no, I mean, that's nice. <laughs> what a terrifying front man! Crush you. Yeah. 
it's this enormous man with a broad Scottish accent and the, the face paint. Oh, American chief. But just <laughs> staring down an audience saying, Forgotten sons. Amalite. Straight light. Amalite. Amalite. With those marshals. Ah, what an album. <laughs> Tell me. So I'm so pleased that you liked it because I, I wanted it. I mean, I picked it because I wanted the antidote to Gigi Allen to be something that I genuinely wanted to listen to for a week. And this is a pleasure to listen to. It is. And it's quite an easy listen as well. Yes, it is. I really like the way it begins as well with that. So here I am once more. Because by the end of the album there, he's he's being a little bit more pyrotechnic. Yeah, the the album seems to flip-flop between that Genesis, very out there lyrics, and then you get a mix of things like He Knows You Know and Chelsea Monday, which seem much more grounded. Yeah, they're they're your your sort of bedsit songs. Yeah, He Knows You Know is a a drug song, and Chelsea Monday, I mean, sounds... It sounds like an an ingenue. Yes, that's what I was going for, and I I thought maybe it was something to do with like um, Chelsea Hotel and Nico and that style of Young yeah, lady. I read it. I, my interpretation of it was young lady led astray. But anywho, I mean, possibly we... by an enormous Scotsman, <laughs> hawking man, <laughs> terribly imposing. He is. Uh, I mean, have we, have we done enough context? Or do you think we need some actual band Marillion context? Uh, I mean, I can give you a little bit. Lame on some context. They were a band, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. and Fish was the vocalist. Fish um, was he? Was he the hulking man? He's the the hulking, terribly imposing man, but with the soul of a poet. Oh, okay. Who? Um, and this was their first release. Mm-hmm. Did, did they have much build up before then? <laughs> Not especially, from what I know. I think they. He was friends with uh, possibly the bassist. And they, in the manner of bands at the time, responded to an advert in one of the popular music presses. Um, and they joined Marillion. And then I think after this album, he sacked his mate. Yeah. He was a he has described himself, I think, as a really ruthless swine that was determined for their band to succeed. Yeah, from what I what I gathered was the, the band was started by Nick Pointer on who was on drums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a guy called Doug Irvin, who was on bass, and then even before the first album, they were, well, Doug Irvin was gone, mm. and Mick Pointer was not long for this world, or something like that, before the album even was released. Yeah, yeah. And then they got rid of the keyboard player. Yeah, the keyboard player now is, I think, called Mark Kelly or something, Mark and Kelly, he's, yeah. he's the, uh, I think he's the main guy now, like the mainstay. Right. I think he deals with a lot of their um, press. Certainly because I went through a phase of reading Prog magazine. Mm, you did. And uh, Mark Kelly was essentially in every episode, every, <laughs> every edition. Was he not the editor? Often wearing a smart leather jacket. Oh, of course, yeah. Yes, and I, I read that originally um, David Hitchcock, who had worked with Genesis and Caravan and the like, was going to actually produce it. 
Um, but he was in a car accident delivering the demo tapes to EMI for this very album. So instead, they went with uh, Nick Torber, who had done stuff with Slaughter and the Dogs and Stiff Little Finger. Hmm. So, yeah, it's probably where you get the meeting of the worlds of of Genesis and a bit more of that kind of new wave style. Yeah, I mean, they, punk. I think we, we do them a disservice, don't we, by the constant references to Genesis. They are, it is val- there. They, it is there. It is valid. It's just they're not um, they're not a Genesis tribute band. Oh, no, absolutely not. But they clearly absolutely adored Genesis, mm. as well they might. As well they might, yes. Yeah, and another thing I just read that really impressed me, the fact this was recorded between December 82 and February 83, then it was released, released the first like, first couple of weeks of March. Yeah, they used to crank them out in those days. I mean, that's insane turnaround. Like, a little over a month after completing it, it's out. See, what always really annoys me, though, is their first proper single is Market, Market Square Heroes, mm. which isn't on the album. It's like when Virginia Plain isn't on Roxy Music's first album. It... Mm bugs me when they don't when they refuse to put the single on the album presumably because at the time they were just thinking maybe people will buy both but later if you come to these bands later you think you should be on it (laughs) it's probably because it just sounds quite different to the rest of the album yes it does but it's still good Hmm. you can see why they made it the single it's a more straightforward proposition yeah. It's absolutely. also shorter. Some of these songs are eight minutes long. I mean, the majority of the album, the songs are seven or eight minutes. With a That's why of there's only seven songs on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I read the... Um, it's actually gone on to be a platinum-selling album. So, Yeah, it was a... Uh, I don't think it did anything in America, shockingly. No. But um, it was... Surprisingly, it was a bit of a hit here. Mm. And it, I, it's... As I say, it's my favourite Marillion album. It's a peach. So they're out. They were, the band name was originally Silmarillion, you know, yeah. because you've got to love a Tolkien reference if you're a interested. If you're interested in prog or psychedelia, you've got to like Tolkien. Um, but then, obviously, they changed it to the much more masculine and imposing Marillion. Script for just a <laughs> I beseech thee. Apparently, they had a joke that they were going to get rid of. A letter from the band name for every band member they lost, which is how they ended up with Marillion from Silmarillion. Yeah, fair dues. Yeah. In fairness to them, though, the um, the the lineup of the band has been incredibly stable since that point. And, since and Hogarth, since then, since the advent of Hogarth, they've Hogarth been quite an interesting proposition. Still, I've heard they've made some absolute corkers. I just haven't listened to them. And they're one of the, the pioneers of the um, crowdfunding world. Because, would you believe, Marillion sometimes struggle to get labels interested in them. But they also, unsurprisingly, have a passionate fan base. Oh, yeah. As, as these bands often do. Unfortunately, they are all reaching their dotage now. So, yes. Um, and I did, I've watched a few videos on YouTube. And yes, uh, when you say GoFundMe, a lot of this stuff did look like it was filmed in a pub it may well have been I don't I, I couldn't possibly comment <laughs> but um, yeah big fan big fan big fun album
Right, so how would you describe the title track then, which opens the album? As one of my personal favourites. It's a sweeping, dramatic song about, I, th- I think, about regret. What about you? Uh, I have to admit, um, the first time I listened to it, and probably still this is true, I really wasn't on board till, let me just scoop so about three minutes in. What is they, they start, get you at three minutes in? Yeah, because it starts off with um, just it's his voice, a very like lone piano. So so here I am once more, and you know it's script for a jester's tear, and you hear this lone, whingy voice in the end. It's like, oh god, what have I walked into here? It's like, oh pretty. Oh. It's like um, it's like Sir Robin's minstrels in Holy Grail. It's great, it's brilliant. Brave, wrong. brave, 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 Sir Robin. That's how it. Uh, yeah, and then when it does the whole, I'm losing on the swings, I'm losing on the roundabouts, and oh, I love starts, that bit. <laughs> it suddenly starts becoming all jaunty and like you're at a carnival. But then when it gets all serious again. They get down to freaking business. And was it with a line where he says, basically you get the guitars, it all goes very serious, and he's going, too late to say I love. It's all going down, down. It's all getting very too deal. to restage the play. Game is over, over, over. Yeah, and it gets all very deal very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. When that kicks in, then, it, then my ears perked up. I was like, oh, where, where, where's this come from? Because from what I'd heard before, it, it hadn't been that just openly grand and silly on Clutching at Straws. So I enjoyed that. I think that's because he was, I mean, for one, he was an older man. Um, and he'd been knocked about a bit. I think by, by the time he, he's, he was very, very drinking an awful lot by that album. Whereas in this one, I think he's still the trying to be the sort of the young man poet. Like, lyrics like, the promised wedding now awake is pretty great. <laughs> but, where was the one I was thinking of yet? Yeah. Oh, an epitaph to a broken dream to exercise the silent scream. The silent scream. <laughs> oh... Where you kissed your prince, you found your frog. Remember the jest if it showed you tears. The script for tears. Yeah, some of it's a bit... <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not saying... He was a young man, Michael. No, he was a young man. We've all written... We've all written poems that we, you know, would be a little bit embarrassed about. Ours just what? didn't go platinum. I was going to say ours on a platinum <laughs> album. Sit and chew on daffodils and yeah, struggle to absolutely. I was, I was hoping, I was really hoping you were going to just, just <laughs> gloss <laughs> over <laughs> sit and chew on daffodils. <laughs> Sang the siren song. I've gone solo in the game. An epitaph to a broken dream to exercise a silent scream. A scream that's born for sorrow. There's a lovely bit of footage that it could. It really could. There's a lovely bit of footage where the whole audience are singing. They're losing on the swings. They're losing on the roundabouts. You think, yeah, God, 
if I'd been there in 19... I would have been absolutely one of those people if I'd been, you know, a different age. I would have been all over this. This, I, I really think this would have... If, it, if I'd been 17 in, like, the early 80s, I think this would have absolutely been hot on my playlists. Do you think? Because oh, yeah. even... Um, I mean, this is something I've been reading, but... I was interested to know that even when Meridian came out, they were instantly already considered an uncool band because it was yeah. the 80s and we were in a period of new romantics and post-punk. And then you had this band who uh, just weirdly came out from this prog tradition, which yeah, everyone had firmly moved on from. Well, the, you say everyone had moved on from it, but I don't think that's true because a lot of those prog bands were still in existence. Oh yeah, but they changed their sound up. But I think they changed the sound up. Yeah, but I think the the problem is that maybe critics had moved on, but there was still this enormous group of people that were clutching a copy of Mirage by Camel, going, "When are they going to make albums like this again?" And then suddenly, Mister Fish strides Mr. onto Fish. stage and says, "All right," and then suddenly, ah! like, finally, script for Jester's tear. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's 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 quite a beguiling prospect. If you suddenly think, finally, somebody a band are making records for me again. Particularly if, like, imagine you're the you know the old trope of listening to your older brother or sister's records. So if you're fifteen, maybe that's about right. If you have an older brother or sister, and they've been listening to Yes. And you suddenly you don't you don't want to listen to whatever I don't know whatever's big then. Let's say Paul Young. <laughs> you don't want to listen to that. And so I was thinking, nineteen eighty three. So he was still big at Live Aid. That's only two years later. Educated guess, but you probably would find the idea of Marillion utterly intoxicating. I mean, to say that the world had moved on. It's still sold by the bucket load and their gigs were packed. They were big news for a couple of years and then it disappeared in a blizzard of Guinness. <laughs> Do you know what this, 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 song, moment... this song puts me in mind of? Is actually Queen's Innuendo. Yes, that's a superb shout because it's about three different songs in one, but it's also yeah, exactly, yeah. It's grand and majestic, but also slightly silly. Yes. It's just the, the the sequencing is a bit different. So in the, in the innuendo, you've got the silly bit in the middle, whereas this song begins with the silly part. Because then, uh, when it goes into its third act, the whole "Can you love me? Do you love me?" I, I really like the way it just kind of mellows out at that point, and his voice, which has been really kind of step 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 the whole way through, it's kind of becomes much more melodic and. Easy yeah, going yeah. wave like, and I, I just really like that's when like the simps really kick in in this kind of more just chill way, and it just has this wave to it. And I really like that part of it. He definitely yeah. can sing. He just, um, I think he also likes to sort of you know spit. A, there's there's a lot of aggression in the way he delivers some lines. I would say sometimes he's one of those performers who maybe he tries to do maybe too much with his voice. So some oh, yeah. of it. Some That's of definitely his... true. You know the very the big note in like the early silly bit, or yeah. what you say is the silly bit. He cannot reach that in some of the oh. live footage I've seen, and yeah. he's definitely getting a big help from the audience. You know, like Robbie Williams with Angels <laughs> yeah. on the on the days when he just 
because maybe he's hit the Guinness a little hard. It's just, mate, and I, in virtually every photo I've ever seen of him, he's holding a fag. So, it, or his mic to the audience. Yeah, which is always a good trick, isn't it? Mm. With that one sleeve cut off top that he's got. It's, it's mm. not. It's it's not a look I would have gone with, but God knows he makes it work for him. Yeah, script for a jester's tear. I think is the. It's the song that got me into them. I mean, it's a good song. It's a good song. It, yeah, it's 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 a rocky start for me, Adam. But it really comes into its own in the second act. Then the first one of the lyrics that I really really liked was one more entry in a diary self-penned. I just thought that was a really nice affectation. Until you think, oh. I, I suppose all diaries are self-penned, aren't they? So it's it's, it's somewhat moot. However. I do. I like the the sort of extraneous verbiage there. That they like in a diary, self-penned. Miss Johnson, take a letter. Suicide. He knows. Yeah, no. God no. <laughs> but he's got problems. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. So. Yeah, he knows. You know, it's a very different proposition to the title track. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And there's Life's a lot. Rich yellow fever crawling up the bathroom wall, singing psychedelic praises to the depth of a china bowl. He's got venom <laughs> in your. He's got poison in your hand. I mean, I think we don't need to do the whole of the song, but we can. You know, when I next yeah, see you. Happy to. <laughs> So yeah, he knows. You know, it, 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 instead of being more prog rock, it's definitely fits more into new wave mm. styles. Yeah. Um, like, feed. Crystal Fever. <laughs> and like we said before, Fever. I'm starting to sound more like the guy from the B52s. <laughs> <laughs> Swapping for a fractured mind. <laughs> Jenny needles freeze in motion. It's a drug song, isn't it? Yes. The blind shall lead the blind. You've got Quite venom a... in your stomach. You've got poison in your head. Quite a straightforward drug song as well. But it's I very straightforward. It's, it it's all... could be read as um, a therapist as well. Mm. I mean, but it's about drugs. But I just, I just like the idea that when I, when I first like read the lyrics and listened to it, I thought that he knows you know, he knows you know, he knows you know, he knows you know. He's got experience, he knows you know, he's got problems, problems, problems. He knows slash wrist, scarlet fever. I thought maybe he's talking to a therapist that he's like desperately suicidal, but the therapist has also got his issues because we all do. Um, mm. But then obviously you read, you've got venom in your stomach, you've got poison in your head. Yeah, 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 it's probably drugs, probably drugs. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, no. Because he's got problems. Problems, problems, problems. I really don't enjoy the little outro part of this song, though. What? Don't tell me your problems. Don't tell me your problems. In his weird Muppet voice he suddenly yeah. has. Yeah, there's no need for that. So basically, at the end of it, you just hear a phone ringing. Then someone picks up and goes, hello. He goes, don't tell me your problems. And hangs up on her. Um, yeah, it's kind of, what was that? What was that for? Who was that for? I also don't necessarily understand why we have to do that. You know, the, there's a lot of intros and outros with little bits of radio and stuff. 
Oh, but Adam, we discussed in the show, people lo- people love to sound like they're listening to someone else listening to a radio or record. Oh, it's no need. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, this, this went to number 35 in the UK charts, this song. Inexplicable. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've... I've I feel like this has a slight kind of blondie vibe to it, almost proto Duran Duran. Yeah, Duran Duran, if they'd upped the aggression by well, a lot. Mm, 67%. Yes, by 67%, not a, not a penny more. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's got, it's, um, a, a cheeky little riff. And I like I quite, it. It's a belter on a great album. Yeah, no, it's a cheeky, and I, I'd like the fact that the um, the chorus is a chord and response. Yeah. He knows, yeah, no. yeah, no. He knows, yeah, no. Well, you know, give the audience a bit more to do again. Yeah, and to be honest, it was this point for listening to it the first time that I realised, oh, so this isn't just a oh, album. No, it know, isn't. The gesture isn't present on this song. I think me. that's the problem, isn't it? They called it script for a jester's tear, and that just looks like a bunch of big girls' blouses having a cry. It does. It just, I don't get it. Oh, tears of a clown. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it sounds like this band, but this has mu- much more like in line with Killing Joke than Genesis, this particular song. Hmm. Both good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I dig both. Massively. I mean, I look forward to bringing some killing joke to the party one day. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Um, but yeah, but for every... My knowledge quali- of killing joke is restricted to one album, so... Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, Do that. Had, and they have so many albums that just aren't appreciated. Yes. So pick me an unheard one and I'll bloody well listen to it. <laughs> All right, well, I won't pick the self-titled one then. Well, there's two self-titled, because they did that weirdly. Yeah, that, that shouldn't be allowed. What did you do? You, you, you couldn't think of a title. Because that means whenever... Least, just, just pick one of the songs and call it that if you're desperate. Whenever you're discussing one of the albums, you then have to date it. The one from 2003. Um, so yeah, for all those things I just said about <laughs> um, He Knows You Know, we then go firmly back into Progland with The Web. Yes, but we're deeply in the 80s and we're we're talking about Social problems and so on. Lots I about know. lots about tournaments and rin, and very little about um, you know. Well, there's no whimsy in it. No. Although I do like the fact, given the type of writer that we're dealing with here, the fact that he has used the word "thus" without I've noticed without, thus. A, without a shred of irony. Yeah. I mean, he's. And thus begins the web. He's only an inch away from forsooth at any given point. (laughs) I do forsooth by prayer. And thus begins the web. Faded photos exposing pain, celluloid leeches bleeding my mind. Yeah, there's one line um, that really plays into your, oh, come on, hypothesis, which is, <laughs> as my friend have qualified, only laughed away your tears, but even jesters cry. 
But even just as cry, they do, <laughs> don't they? We all cry, Fish. I mean, we seriously, all cry. if you, 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 if you, that's your like band of mascot, and you, your mom, your band mascot is a weeping jester. <laughs> everyone plays that. <laughs> you get everyone just beats the shit out of him every time he comes out. Yes, as his jang- as his jangly hat, <laughs> the bells go every time he sobs, or no, every time he blows his nose. There's a tinkle, <laughs> the tinkle of bells. <laughs> <laughs> It's not an exact, like a gigantic Eddie appearing in fireworks. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> 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 emaciated weeping jester. Well, why the jester cry? Even jesters cry. <laughs> Even jesters cry. It's not a yes. It, it, it's not jaw-droppingly charismatic or even masculine. <laughs> Second reference to but, the freaking hey, crying jester. Let's be fair. Jesters do cry. <laughs> For is it not said? <laughs> but so Are do you Florence. Lastly, Jester having a cry. Absolutely not, Mister Fish. Absolutely not. Hey, that's fucking right. Look at me, pal. I've devised a jester that's going to have a big cry, as is his wont. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe that's his point. Like, who are we? Adam, you and me, who are we as a society to look down on this crying jester? You say a jester can't cry. You're saying I can't cry, laddie. Is that what you're saying to me? You say, can you come up here on stage with Marillion with my big fat guitarist and you want to tell me that I can't cry? I'll cry every time I goddamn want. You know, I'll cry over your fucking corpse. Also, he would seem. I'll get you a kidney. Was... <laughs> hey, fucking well, I'll weep into it. <laughs> This is my want. <laughs> this is want, everyone. This is his want. As is Mr. Fish's want. I thought I thought the web would be very, very much like the type of thing you would like. I do. I really like the, the, the bass and the drums on this. They, they're still very much motorised in that post-punk way. Yeah, but, I thought but, I could see you really liking like the opening bars, which are just very... Bam! <laughs> Oh, no, actually, I don't like those. No. Because, as well, because of the outro on He Knows You Know, they almost then they rendered it having a jokey quality about them. Oh. That's a shame. Yeah, but what I do like about the web is it is a very good mix of that uh, motorised post-punk sound meeting the prog aspects. I think this is a song where they really seem to combine the two very well. The prog is is definitely coming in with the the lovely keyboard work. Yeah, and the the key... Lots of very high notes as well. It sounds almost like like church-like. But uh, yeah, I really like that kind of organ aspect to it. But there's also moments in the first couple minutes where it's almost that uh, droney ambient style. It has a very warm sound. And actually, again, reminds me of something like a, a Simple Minds around that period. So the uh, early uh, Simple Minds, where they have much more kind of, just, yeah, that warm sounding, just hitting the one note on the keyboard. So you've got that lovely through line just in the background, that nice hum. Yeah, they're terribly, terribly good. Yeah, and then it just goes full-blown Iron Maiden style again with the guitars just going... The guitar sounds... Very 80s as well, doesn't it? But yeah. in a good way. It doesn't sound like the guitar hero work of, say, Jimmy Page or anybody no. like that. It, it sounds more like, and I, I don't mean this 
in a bad way, but it sounds more like the guitar hero work of, say, a Boston or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, Kansas, possibly. Boston, Kansas, hey. That being said, I have got in my notes on this one, um, when when the mid-song solo comes in, I do think it has a touch of stairway in it. I mean, I mean, I don't know what song that was. It wasn't either song, but yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. But I mean, no. it, certainly, it had elements of both. Whilst, <laughs> so uh, whilst neither replicating neither, I listened to "Stairway to Heaven" for the first time in a long time yesterday, and it, it, it's. Do you know it's quite good? Somebody should have mentioned it. I'll be uh, sure to fax Mister Page. I enjoyed it enormously. I enjoyed the entire album, to be honest with you. I still quite like. I, I, uh, I picked up on vinyl for like four pounds last year. It was very much a, eh, it seems like an album worth having on vinyl. And again, I really enjoyed listening to it. I hadn't heard it in years. And when the levy breaks, is on, it's unmistakable. Yeah, yes, it is. And when the levy breaks was actually one that grabbed me more this time. Hmm. You got any more on the web? No, no, no. Right. Garden Party. Garden Party is another, I think, smash. It's called, it, like, the subtitle is something like the, the Great Cucumber Massacre or Slaughter or something. Oh, how cute. Well, he's... Um, is the jester he's, involved? I don't believe so, he, but he's puncturing the pomposity of the, the well-to-do. I was really hoping you were going to throw another P in there. Um, puncturing the pomposity of pricks. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> of people. Just Posh a, people. Just doing a scan. I'm not seeing any reference to the jester in this one, or it seems like he'd be there drunk in the background crying over the punch bowl or something. I mean, he's not in every song. It's not a concept album. It, in terms of the overall sound and even just the phrase garden party it sorry puts me... do you mean garden party or do you mean garden party how today that that one yeah uh, yeah it, it just makes me think of genesis suffers ready yes or you know Apart from um... only well one bit of suffers ready because it's in many ways it's quite an odd song like the um I don't know, because I don't know enough about actual music, but it, it strikes me that the time signature is odd in it. Mm. It It's not, it doesn't sound like a standard 4-4. Um, but it, other than that, it's quite a straightforward song. It has a beginning, middle and an end, and it's not particularly long. Compared to, say, some of them. It's probably, is it the shortest song? Um... I know it was released as a single because it went to number 16, this one. Um, it's 7 minutes 20, so it's not the shortest. All right, but it still it doesn't feel that long God, compared it, to it, a lot of the others. At 7 minutes 20, it's the second shortest song on the album. <laughs> yeah. Doctor's son's and parson's daughter. Why, why not and should they ought? Huh? So the, um, apparently the, uh, the inspiration for the song came from when Mr. Fish... Uh, went to a garden party that um, his girlfriend at the time had invited them to, and him and his friend uh, Dizminet, uh, Dizminet, who was, uh, I think, the original keyboard player in the band. 
they went and wore their makeup to look terribly rock bandish, and it created quite a storm. Oh, I imagine a lot of perfectly nice people at the party were going, they look stupid. Why have they done that? Why is this nine-foot Hulk dressed as a jester? <laughs> why is he crying? Why, as, as is his want. want. As is his want, Marjorie, but why? <laughs> I really like the lyric, couples loiter in the cloisters, so sure leeches, quoting Chaucer. Apparently consumed en masse. Yeah, but he was really, really, really pleased with some of the lyrics in this. And again, rightly so. Please don't lie upon the grass unless accompanied by a fellow. Maybe be so bold as to perhaps suggest or fellow. Yes. How did you... Um, how did you find some of the lyrics? Like, I'm punting. I'm beagling. <laughs> I'm winning. Whining. Reclining. I'm rocking. I'm fucking. So That's welcome. Why, that a... one, I'm fucking, is why it's got a... <laughs> Parental advisory sticker. Hey, yeah. Hang on, I'm just realizing we should really make that the coat of arms for what? the pod- We should make that as a coat of arms for the podcast. I'm punting, I'm peeking, I'm whining, reclining, I'm rocking, I'm fucking so welcome. It's a party. Great. I really like that last um I mean I, I thought the first time I heard it, I thought I'm beagling was 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 laugh out loud funny. And to be honest with you, my point of view hasn't really changed. It's just been diminished with overexposure. But the the chutzpah to say, I'm beagling. <laughs> I'm beagling. I'm beagling. Beagling. Who the Not hell? hunting. Beagling. beagling. Who the hell even knows what beagling is now? Not me. I have Other than involving a beagle. It's it's literally just hunting with beagles, which <laughs> I find <laughs> abhorrent because beagles are delightful dogs and I hate the thought of them doing that. But also they're called beagles. Yes, beagles. <laughs> a lovely beagle. A lovely little beagle. Everyone loves a beagle. Yeah, punting on the cab. Oh, please do come, they say. Beagling on the downs. Oh, please do come, they say. Garden party. <laughs> Garden fucking party. We're doing a lot more, and I'm using this term loosely, singing on this one. But that is because if you can't find the joy in the way that fish... I'm going to say embodies some of these lyrics, then I don't know that you and I have ever going to have anything in common. Because he just says, I'm beagling with such glee. He chews these words. He's absolutely chowing down on the scenery of Garden Party in the best way. Chitters chat and gossip flash. Poses pose, press men flash. Flash, flash. Yeah. And... (laughs) Rugger is the tops, a game for men, they say. God, I just, I couldn't love this record more than I do. I think it's tremendous. The, the 80s synths on it, oh, sorry, I was just saying, the synths oh, on it still... A synth but, solo in this is... It's you, very you, 80s. Oh, yeah, it is. You can tell that at one point he winks and points at the audience. Mm. It's that level of 80s synth work. Yeah, with yo, know, this is yo know, um, jacket sleeves rolled up. Yeah, it is piano yeah. key necktie. Only only one hand doing it. Absolutely, the other one must be pointing. The other one, you've got a point. So, got a point. 
you you want an elaborate solo, but you don't want it to be too elaborate because that would interrupt you with your pointing. And that's the solo is with one hand, point, and then back down for the verse. Hey, Mark, did you remember to point? <laughs> is, he, is he an old trawlerman? Oh, uh, yeah, can't really do Scottish. <laughs> no, but I suppose what you can do is chase that goddamn white whale. <laughs> I know it's hearing and actually catch it. Whereas um, in a, there's a live edition of Grindel where at one point Fish is talking to the audience about uh, you know the perils of being on tour and how they can do. We can do three nights like in this room or one in a, like a larger room. Like, and uh, but at one point he just turns to the audience and says, "Well, if that's you, hard lines." <laughs> Which is so great. No <laughs> one says hard lines anymore. Hard lines to you. That's a garden party. You've probably heard of it. They have wee little cucumber sandwiches. And obviously, then, as is their wont, possibly a cry. <laughs> or some beagling. Possibly a wee bit of beagling. <laughs> yeah, garden pie. It's another good one. That, as, I've played garden, garden parties to you before. Have you? I did not remember it. You. Um, well, you... You were in drink. I was going to say, was I in drink? You were in drink. And uh, to be honest with you, you know how when we're in drink and we're playing music to one another, and there comes, you mean, first of all, first couple of songs, everyone's engaged. Mm. A little bit later on, possibly another beer has been swallowed. Really what you're doing is just scrolling through your songs. <laughs> yeah. Going, yeah, yeah, it's really good. You're, just <laughs> patiently, you're patiently waiting your turn, waiting bullshit, to put your bullshit, one on. Bullshit, my turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's possibly that reached the point in the evening where you just won't relinquish the Bluetooth speaker at all. <laughs> but yeah, I played this to you and you went, hmm, yeah, sounds great. Beagling, good. <laughs> so Chelsea Monday. Chelsea Monday is uh, is is great because they're all great. I don't think it's as immediate as any of the others. It's it's. I think it's got a much slower build, and I include script for a jester's tear in that. To be honest, what I like about it is the jester is no fucking way near this song. I mean, the jester's and... been in what two songs? But even on Garden. We're on the penultimate song. What you you think the spectre of the jester looms large? Well, even on Garden Party, he looms over that party. Whereas Chilled Monday, for me, sounds like we're more in the realm of New Order and Joy Division here. With that bass line, that do 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 do. It's much more a, a cold song. This it's very much up my street. Uh, he's the the thesaurus has taken a bit of a pasting in this song. Oh, good it? God! Yes, there's a lot of lyrics <laughs> in this song. Yeah, See, hasn't he written a lot of words? A lot of words, yeah. And some of them are really good, and others are also there. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You look at it as well. There's no actual chorus to this. It's just he just every once in a while punctuates some verses with Chelsea Monday. Would she dare recite soliloquies at the risk of stark applause? Difficult to defend that lyric, isn't it? Difficult. She'll pray for endless Sundays as she enters Saffron Sunsets. Yes. 
Fragrant aphrodisiac, the withered tuberose. Come on, fish. Come on. <laughs> Pop the thesaurus down. Just, just say what you mean, pal. Yeah, but then you get lines like, Hello, John, did you see the standard for about four hours ago? Yes, that's true. Just, just say what you see. <laughs> okay, yeah. I had, a, I had a conversation only with a man called John. It's giving me an idea. We're missing uh, probably a lyric. Uh, yeah, got something. All right, John. <laughs> she said about four hours ago. Yeah, it's, a, it's a song he's singing about a, a young lady, isn't he? With, who wants to be a star. Yes, an ingenue. Yeah, I mean, these songs, I think every rock band has one of these songs in them, don't they? Yeah, where she wants to be famous and then she dies. She dies. She's dead, everyone, and she's not famous. No. It's, but in fairness, though, it's quite an affecting final lyric, or one of the final lyrics. So she fished a young chick out of the old father, so I presume that's the Thames. Blonde hair, blue eyes. She said she wanted to be an actress or something. Nobody knows where she came from or where she was going. Funny thing was, she had a smile on her face. She was smiling. What a waste. That's pretty brilliant. It's pretty bleak. Yeah, it is. It's desperately bleak. But, I mean, other than the yellow John, did you see the standard about four hours ago? Nick Cave would write that. (laughs) And he would be trumpeted. Hello, John. Did you see? (laughs) Yeah, okay. He wouldn't reference the standard. He references Miley Cyrus and Gardner's Questions Time. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he does. And the as, as is his want. As is his want, as Nick Cave, for God's sake. But he, he would write, what a waste. Catalogue princess, a princess seductress, buried in a cellophane world in Glittertown of Chelsea Monday. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, it's it's very good, isn't it? It is. It's a good song. It's um, let's say for for what is relatively old hat subject for a song. Um, to, to the fact he's got his thesaurus out kind of helps it because it, it kind of brings a different aspect to just the themes of it's a young lady who gets messed around by a bunch of handsome men. Then she's walking the streets of London in Soho. She just keeps being told, like in the chorus, she just keeps being told to have patience because it will happen for her. And then she's dead. She's dead, everyone. She's died in the jester's tears. I mean, in fairness, they've got the right to have a cry. I love... She's dead, Mike. She's dead. I mean, is John the name of the jester? And that's why he's crying. No, the jester is called the jester. Did you see the standard about, oh, did I? Oh, Oh, did I ever? That poor Chelsea Monday. (laughs) No, the jester has every right to cry. Jesters cry. As do enormous Scotsmen. (laughs) We're pro-crying Scotsmen. I, I, I don't care who needs to hear that. It is the case. We're anti-murder, as we said last week. Broadly. Broadly anti-murder <laughs> and in favour of Scotsman crying. Armalite. Street light. Knife sights. Searching the roofs for a sniper. A viper. A fighter. Death in the shadows, he'll maim you. He'll wound you. He'll kill you. <laughs> this is the one where I really heard Bruce Dickinson on this one. 
Bruce Dickinson, but possibly without quite so much power. <laughs> or Iron Brew. Yeah, because you know, like Bruce Dickinson is a very healthy man. He's like an athlete and everything. And pilot, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, he's also a pilot. Whereas Fish is just having a go. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really fun to sing, but I also really like the song. No, it's probably my least on the album. That is to say, I said enjoy it, but it's probably my not my go-to on the album. No, it, it's one that often gets missed, but I think, but for me, that that's, I don't think that's because of it. I think it's because the album, all the songs are quite long. Mm. And so, you know, it's the last one on there. And even after only six songs, we have been listening for six hours at this point. <laughs> yes. It's like 50 minutes long and there's only six or seven songs on it. Ridiculous. So looking at the lyrics... Right. Straight is, light. Is this song about um, the Troubles? Uh, I suppose it could be. Yeah, Saracen's Hole, that would make sense. I, I had taken it originally for War Brackets General. Because mm, just reading on uh, the lyrics, an Amalite is a rifle that was used by the IRA. Yeah, and Saracens, I believe, were deployed in the Troubles as well. Mm. And so as I patrol in the valley of the shadow of the tricolour, there you go. Oh, there you go. For a it's long a forgotten... About, it's a song about the troubles. <laughs> a long forgotten cause on not so foreign shores. Boys baptised in wars. Yeah, okay. It's probably about the troubles, isn't it? Asking questions, pleading answers from the nameless, faceless watchers that stalk the carpeted corridors of Whitehall. It's about the uh, troubles. Yeah, and so I patrol in the valley of the shadow of the tricolour. Yeah, tricolour. Yeah, it's probably yeah, about yeah. the troubles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel about the troubles, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, you're just another coffin on its way down from the Emerald Isle. I think it's about the troubles. Yeah, it's probably about the troubles. How what did you? How much did you dig the lyric? Who orders desecration, mutilation, verbal masturbation, and <laughs> the guarded bureaucratic wombs? Come on, come on. I mean that first part. Who orders desecration, mutilation, verbal masturbation? The darkness and Gigi Allen would both love to write that lyric. Yeah, and they can absolutely swivel. Because only one giant burly poet in a generation can write that fabulous lyric. I mean, how do you put that many syllables in one line? I mean, I will say this. It's, it's a tall order to, for any person to then go and have to cover and sing these lyrics. <laughs> Isn't it? Because you, you, it, you'd be difficult. It would be tricky to do, say, a cover of this yeah. without just doing an impression of... Well, him. Because it's, it, it's so written to his vocal inflections that, yeah, like I say, you, you'd have to just almost do a copy of Fish's voice to just get them across without him sounding so silly or yeah. just out of time. I love that sort of, um, after he said, forgotten sons, and there's that little musical interlude bit towards the end, which is... Mm. So fabulous. Yeah, it's got another good solo in the middle of it. And yeah, I like, I like the synths again. Oh, it's positively reesh with solos. Yeah. 
Oh, I liked the line, uh, for a second you'll be famous, but labelled posthumous. Mm. He took a very satisfied drag on his rolly at that point, <laughs> didn't he? And another slurp of Guinness. <laughs> Yeah, there is that section in the middle where it does go very funky, the bass on it. It's almost, yeah, it's going back to like simple mind, almost tears for fears territory there. It's like doom, do, do, boom, 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 boom. I'm not hearing a great deal of tears for fears, I've got to be honest with you, but I'll, uh, you know, I'm hearing, I'll, I'm hearing I'll the bass. I'm hearing some uh, tears for fears bass in there. Around the three minute mark. You didn't, a lot of, um, it's quite nice for a prog band to be dealing with social issues and, in their songs rather than you know whimsy mm. and yes his songs mean absolutely nothing apart from no. they, they wrote, did a song called uh, I think it's called Don't Kill the Whale which uh, would you believe is about trying not to kill whales uh, and it's absolute doggerel <laughs> but the video is very funny because that's oh, imagine Oh, yeah. Well, because it's, it's in the 80s, but they were big in the early 70s. So you know exactly what the hair is doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 70s bands still big in the 80s. They've all got awful hair. Would you say in this video they're on top of a massive whale? Uh, I think they are superimposed digitally and therefore badly because it was the 80s onto the sea. So, yeah. Do you think they belong in a massive whale? I do, yes. Would you like to explain to the boys and girls why you're snickering? Please go find the magical episode in our other series, Dave, Breaking Class with David Bowie catalog, to get that reference. In Tim Machine, the Tim Machine 2 episode, is it? No, I'm saying just go listen to them all so they go oh, find yeah, it like fine, yeah. egg. Listen to all 800 episodes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in Ready Player One territory here. Find the magic Easter egg I want to get some vague knowledge of that reference. Yeah, to achieve some mild satisfaction. <laughs> Yes, but yes, thanks, Adam. It's Tim Machine 2. It's the Tim Machine 2 episode. It's Tim Machine 2. Yeah, Tim Machine 2. You should really go listen to it if you're not. It's, it's got quite some good shit on there. Yeah, we're never going to do it on this, but uh, it's... it's been, might. Well, it's much maligned. It doesn't deserve the... Is, is opprobrium the right word? I don't know. It's it's criticised more than it should well, be. If you'd like to hear our fuller discussion about an hour and a 40 minutes long, please go listen to it. Uh, with my compliments enjoy <laughs> yes you've all my best god bless another great lyric that you could be very pleased with is from the doll queue to the regiment a profession in a flash mm-hmm. yep that's a peach of a line wasn't it a case of fish actually works as a job centre as well uh, he, I think he did for a spell, yeah. He also worked for the Forestry Commission for a while. And they said, no, lad, you need to be in aquatics. Yes. No, I've forgotten what I was going to say. So, yeah. Probably just snip that out. Okay. <laughs> so you brought, you brought with you to the party, Adam, another album from 1983, which is very synth heavy rock album yes you say another yeah the other one's from 1980 <laughs> I, thought, I thought moving pictures was 1983 no, it's 1980 isn't it is it let, let, let me google this unless I've just forgotten which is Sans. very likely 
We're both wrong. He was 81. Oh, there you go. But I was closest. Damn it. Yes, yes, I know. I think I'm going to go full 70s soon. I don't quite know what it's going to be yet, though. I haven't decided. Uh, this was purely and simply because I wanted to listen to this album a lot. Which is fine. And I, I... And I make no bones about it. And the no, beauty of fine. this is that I know, I know because of this project, I know that you'll listen to it. And there are some things, Mike, which I'm convinced you'll like if you would, if you were to just give them a chance. And I was bang right with this. Absolutely no. After, after I subjected the party to Gigi Allen last week on a kind of, we all needed a lift. Yeah, that was almost. You know, I won't won't lie. That was almost a chore to do that one. Um, but yeah, so I really really enjoyed this because, like I said, it's it's an easy album to listen to. Yeah. And I don't mean that in any sense that the music isn't, you know, the music is boring or slapdash. It's just, it's a very enjoyable album to throw on. It's really well done. You know, yeah. for, for songs that are quite long, uh, quite involved, with uh, an idiosyncratic approach to singing, that's not to say it's bad, it's brilliant. I think he's genuinely a good singer, but I, I think he's a performer first and a singer second. But... Yeah, I, you can see why this was a, a sort of crossover hit. Yeah, I think probably one of my comments about the overall thing about the script for the Jester's Tear and all that, yeah. it, despite its kind of preposterous nature sometimes in the lyrics and just the vibe of it, mm. it does take itself quite seriously, though. There's not a li- yeah, real it sense. Does. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of tongue-in-cheekness about it it's no much... but i think that's quite nice like you know the darkness part of the fun of the darkness was there was a deep splash of irony oh yeah i think there were there were young men that were taking themselves absolutely seriously but there's something there's something quite endearing about people being that po-faced mm. and again i think it I would have been absolutely swept away by that if I'd been, you know, alive. I would have found it captivating. And I, I can see myself getting into deep arguments about them in a common room and taking it really personally as I clutched my copy of Script for a Jester's Tear and, you know, being, being mortally wounded as bigger boys called me gay for listening to something that involved... Crying on the cover, <laughs> and you are one of those bigger boys that think men can't cry, and therefore you're a bastard. Men shouldn't cry. I hey, say it. I said yeah, it. Yeah, you should. And we should all have physical work down the docks. Exactly. Or be uh, or be landowners. Absolutely, Adam. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. You've said it before. The patriarchy have steered us right for many years, <laughs> for hundreds Adam. of years. No, I think it's a it's a captivating record, a sweeping, majestic, fun, I don't, it's perfect, it's lovely, lovely album, love it, big fan. What's your favourite then? Are you going to say Chelsea? Me. Yeah, are you saying Chelsea Monday? I mean, 
I do really like the title track once that the, the business gets out of the way the first couple of minutes. It is the title track for me. I just I really wish... Forgotten Sons is the one that I probably find the most fun, even though it's about the troubles. But um, yeah, it's the title for me. I, I like the fact that it's four or five different songs. I really wish charting the single was on here because that would be my standout because that's the one I've been listening to the most. Um, and if you do, if you know, just go listen to charting the single because it's just got such a nice little riff in there, and then his voice, and it's just it has this organ that just kicks in halfway through. It just oh yeah, I mean if you're listening to this and you've never listened to Marillion script for a Justice Tear, just download or buy the remastered one, and then you get all of those songs for free anyway. Including Market Square Heroes and Glendale. Chatting with Singal. 20 minutes of brilliant nonsense. Uh, yeah, I... Where he sings about oaken doors. <laughs> I do like Garden Party, though, for that. Garden Party held today. Uh, no, you know what? Actually, In as we sit here now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chelsea Monday. They're all great, though. And, they are know, good. I say it's, all, it's, it's only. A handful of them. I mean, I wouldn't quite go so far as say it's a perfect album, but I'd say it's a very, very good album. I told you it was. I Isn't told you. I am absolutely delighted that you have seen sense on Marillion. <laughs> the number of times I've mentioned them to Mike and just been met with him, him making sniffy noises <laughs> about them being preposterous dweebs. <laughs> that lame band with a crying je- with a crying. Yeah, right, there's, a, there's a weeping jester. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a really good record it's a really good album we could keep it at the party great and Gigi Allen is no more but JG Ballard is fine with it but come Mike surely we should spin the wheel spin that wheel <laughs> Adam, what's, what's this noise? I don't know this noise. What the hell does this... What the, what's what, the meaning Mike, of this? Mike, Mike. What the hell has happened to yeah, the wheel? Um, we Somehow the wheel has broken everyone. It's broken! Oh, no, just... Oh, Adam, we have a guest coming next time. Heaven forfend. Speak more of this. <laughs> Pray, there's a sparrow on the wind that brings news. <laughs> what tidings, sparrow? What tidings? Give okay, I'm just trying to get its... Tiny. I mean, if we could just squeeze through the layers of artifice that we've constructed. <laughs> What's this little note attached to its beak? What's that? You're weighed down with the weight of this illusion? Quite. <laughs> As am I. As a fucking am I. <laughs> Jesus. No, it seems we have a, a, fr- a guest coming next time. Uh, our, our friend. What? Our friend, Mr. Graham Westgate. And he's bringing with him. Cat Stevens, tea for Vatilliman. <gasps> Two things. Um, one, I've traditionally heard that album referred to as Tiller Man rather than Tillerman. <laughs> but interesting. Secondly, I have genuinely never really listened to Cat Stevens. I'm familiar with possibly the ones that are on the background of adverts, but uh-huh. Cat Stevens is and has always been a great big yawning void in the middle of my musical knowledge. And so I'm genuinely pleased. T for the, the Tillerman, you say? I thought you were going to say just a giant yawn. 
in no, my... No, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Because it'll be... It will be completely new to me. I mean, it does feel like we're now trying to get so far away from Gigi Allen. We are just retreating into comfortable loveliness. Well, yeah, I mean, I imagined that Cat Stevens sounds a little bit like caramel being given to somebody. Ooh, yeah. But... I mean, um, yeah, I was... I'm a big fan of this album. I kind of grew up listening to this album, so it's a nice change of pace for me to go to something I'm very familiar with. Well, that's probably because, I mean, as, as we all know, you were brought up in a family of Tillerman. Um, Tillerman, yes. <laughs> who would frequently be given tea by Muslims. <laughs> is he still Muslim? I don't know. Uh, is, is, he, is he called... Is, isn't he called something like... I don't know, Cat... Islam now or something, isn't there a halfway house or is he just fully Cat Stevens? Um, oh yes, what is it? Is it? Oh, what does he go by now? Yusef Stevens. Some, yeah, I think it is Yusef Stevens now. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> More power to you, fella. I hope I hope you're very happy. Uh, I believe he's just released a, a 50th anniversary version for the for the many Tillerman. For, for the Tillerman. Yeah, uh, and he's re-recorded uh, new versions of it. Oh, so basically, I'm going to be listening to the original one, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So basically that means his current stuff isn't working for anyone, so he's going back to the old stuff that yeah. he made money it, from. It would also suggest, I don't know, is it... Made, sometimes they re-record it because that way they then... Oh, like, get the ducats. Yeah, uh, get the uh, the copyright. If somebody... Perhaps I don't know. I don't because I say I literally know nothing about Cat Stevens other than the Yusef Islam business. But if his back catalogue was owned by an unscrupulous manager, like Scooter Braun, like Scooter, Braun. <laughs> yeah, Scooter Braun, who has snapped up all the Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> He's a savvy businessman. Yeah, so his so his charge may re-record them at his leisure. <laughs> Oh, I would not want to hear those. No, that would be absolutely awful. Justin, <laughs> Justin, we're doing tea for the Tillerman. What Justin, the hell is a Tillerman? <laughs> Justin, Justin Bieber's version of Where Do the Children Play? Auto-tuned within an inch of its life. Well, I think it's fine. A driving disco beat. <laughs> Behind father and son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, but I mean, I, again, I've no idea. Presumably, our special guest. Our will, special guest will know some of this stuff. I hope to God he does, because <laughs> otherwise, why? Hey, it's just it's just a bunch of schmucks in a room. It's just three dudes looking awkwardly at each other. <laughs> we've we've done that before. Yeah, many times. With so, you, yeah, with, with, with our friend who's coming. So, if you have anything you'd like to uh, shoot us a message of before next time, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Party Listen. We're on Instagram at The Listening Party Pod. We're on Facebook. Just type in The Listening Party with Adam and Mike. You can email us if you so wish at thelisteningpartypod at gmail.com. If you know Adam, why he's re recorded his old material, that'd be useful. Can you tell us what the Scooter Braun situation is? <laughs> Does, yeah, I mean. Does, how much of his bat cat does Scooter Braun currently own? How much of cat's bat cat? Very nice. Did you nice. enjoy that? Yeah, yeah I actually did, yeah. Yeah, you should have done. It was good. Right. right, well, thanks everyone. We'll see you at the next party where we'll be rocking with Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, dear. Right. Well, bye everyone. 
Yes, see you.